All right, all right. Welcome back to All Things Purple, the only podcast devoted to the Baltimore Ravens and Minnesota Vikings. Steve is a big fan of the Minnesota Vikings, and I, James, big fan of the Ravens. And we're here in Florida. Can you believe that? We're not Dolphin fans, except sometimes. But definitely, these are our favorite teams, and thank you for tuning in. And we've got a big game to talk about that just happened over the weekend and our impressions of the Super Bowl. But first, Steve, how was your week? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Getting the uh, hangovers from no more football. Kind of depressing, Steve. Yes, it is. It's depressing. Yeah. And then, but it'll pick up for me when March Madness comes along because I always enjoy the uh, March Madness college basketball tournament. And it'll pick up for me with free agency in a few weeks, also with the draft after that, and then free agency again. Before you know it, the summer's here, and then here we go again. So we'll have to wait until then. But, the, you know, NFL these days is almost a, almost a year-round operation, Steve. It is. It's almost a year-round operation, but there's a few, few weeks off yeah. here and uh, kind of a dull time. But You're right. They got some spring football coming, I guess. That's right. The XFL right. or whatever that league is called. Yeah, the XFL, and uh, yeah, I like to watch it for about 2.5 minutes before I get tired of it and turn it off. Yeah, I'll watch it for a little bit, and <laughs> but it'll give me a reason to get out, get out of the house. I don't need to watch that. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, let's talk about the big game. We had a big Super Bowl game, Steve, and I was wondering if you had any impressions of the game and what you wanted to say about either or both teams. It was a game that kind of played out the way the uh... – the odds maker had it was a close, close game, a kind of a pick 'em game when one team is favored by one and a half or two points. And that's what it came down to is uh, one or two plays went into overtime. The Chiefs came out on top. I thought there were some key plays that kind of turned the game around. The yeah. first one was a punt that hit the guy's heel. Oh my goodness. That was, that was kind of a momentum killer for the 49ers. And right then that, momentum it's kind of started shifting towards the chiefs right the other thing was the extra point that was missed oh my goodness that's another thing that you know it comes down the end of the game having to score a touchdown is different than having to kick a field goal and that one extra point was was big and i heard this from another guy was saying in overtime the 49ers had the ball it was third and fourth and they had and they didn't make it and they had to kick the field goal. But on third and fourth, they had uh, nobody in the backfield. So you and you knew the Chiefs were going to be blitzing. Why would why would you have nobody in the backfield, no protection? And you know the defensive coordinator is going to put pressure on you. Why why do you do that to your team? I'm not sure about that. I I think you would have had a I mean that was a big play. If you could have scored there, it would have been touchdown at least would have kept the game going but yeah it was defense and offense in terms of the fourth quarter in the second half I think the Chiefs did a better job against the 49ers coaching in terms of making adjustments to the games if you looked at the Chiefs and that wide open touchdown that won the game I mean that was an easy play easy throw so oh open. my goodness why I mean, was he so open Steve I don't know why, but it was good strategy, good scheming or something. But I think that just the scheming at the end of the game, I think 
went to the Chiefs favored and so it was it was close. There's no excuses. It's one of those games as a player and as a coach, you would know that when you lose a game and you should have had it, coaches haunt you. That makes you lay up at night and you know, just thinking about it. That would it would really be a haunting loss for the 49ers because they were so close and and they had it. So what was your thoughts? Well, I agree. It's a haunting loss for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I agreed with what you said. Those are some key momentum shifters that you mentioned. But I must say that I did not think that the 49ers utilized their star players when it was needed. Like Debo Samuel, there was a period there where he just wasn't used. And I just don't get it. You know, put him in behind you or, or, you know, he's so versatile. Use him behind you, throw some, you know, some screens or something and, they just kind of went away from him. I don't care if he's doubled. He's one of the best players on that team. You got to at least pretend or use as a decoy, like you mentioned, when there's nobody in the backfield. Put him in the backfield. That's going to keep them alerted. Yeah. You know, my goodness, Steve. Anyway, I, it was frustrating for me because obviously, as a Ravens fan, wishing that the Ravens would have made it and what a waste of home field advantage and all that. And then to see, you know, the Chiefs go on to win it all that way when it could have been anybody's game. And really, you have, you have, we have a, we could easily say San Fran could have easily won it. Just a couple things they, they would have won. Yes, they could have easily won it. Yeah. If, if they would have had another stop, you know, they had a just, fourth and one if they would have stopped oh. in there. I mean, how can you let Mahomes get so wide open on that run? I mean, it was fourth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I, I don't know. I think sometimes coaches are just a little too smart for their own britches, if you will. 49ers had their chances, and they came out in the second half. The defense played well. They shut down the Chiefs, but then they couldn't do anything on offense. The Chiefs, I think they were three and out in the first three drives in the second half. Yeah. They didn't got away from the running game, and you got to, like you said, they got to use your weapons. You got to have come up with some plays and Get it, but that extra point hurt too. It did. It did. And you're right. They got away from the running game, just like the Ravens. Just like the Ravens got away from their strength, one of their strengths. So I, I couldn't help but think of the Ravens when I see San Fran getting away from the running game. I, I was just like, come on. Man. Yeah. I so, mean, if you have third down and fourth and, and you know you're going to have to make it, you basically have to get a touchdown because you know the Chiefs are going to come back and probably do it. So you got to. You got to be third and fourth. You got to run the ball or do a little, put two tight ends up there, have one person in the backfield or two people. You know they're going to blitz. Just do a little pass off to either Debo or Samuels or Christian Caffrey, and you pick up two or three, maybe four yards. If not, you go, you know, you, you just got to, like you say, you got to be a little smarter. I'm sure you have plays for third and fourth, and you know the defense is going to blitz you. You have to have plays for that situation 100%, 100%, and you yeah. got to use your best play at that time i mean you got to come up with one of your best plays that you're going to give this and you're going to put the ball in the end zone right and one other thing is ask your question about this was brought up in overtime with the new rules do you take the ball first or do you let the other team take the ball first if you had a choice if, if the foreigners had the choice of either receiving the ball first or making the other team receiving the ball with the new rules, what would you do? Well, I'm a fan, Steve, of getting the ball first and trying to score the touchdown. That that's that's my feeling. But what do you think? You know, the rule is that the other team has 
gets possession. It was brought out several times, but I didn't, at first, I didn't really like it that the 49ers got the ball because I was afraid they were going to get stopped and have to punt. And, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. But then there was a penalty on third down that extended the drive, or the yeah. 49ers would have had to punt the ball or yeah. go for it, and then the game is over. But right. if you take the ball second, you basically have four downs. Because you right. know if the, if the other team scores a touchdown, you have four downs instead of three downs, and you True. know what you have to do. And you do score the touchdown, go for the two-point. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. I, go I for mean, the two-pointer. I understand. I think if you get the ball first and if you score a touchdown, the Chiefs comes back, score a touchdown, you get the ball, ball third, and you could win it that way too. True. That's, you know, that's a lot more whatever too. So, yeah, but it gives – are you a chance on you basically get four downs instead of three downs? So, and then if you point. if you put the two point conversion at the end, I could live with that in terms of side the game on one play with two yards out. Players got to make plays, coaches got to make coaching calls, and yeah. when it comes down to it, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose in those close games. That's what happens. We have hindsight right now, but you know, going forward, it's like. They, they did their best they could do, and they came up short. You got to give the Chiefs credit. Is there another dynasty or going on, or is this three-peat or what with the Chiefs? Well, they've won three out of four years, which is very impressive. I would think they're a current dynasty. Yeah, sure, why not? If there's any team that is, it's them. They, they need to win three more within 10 years to be like the Patriots because the Patriots won – uh, six Super Bowls, I think, within, was it a decade or 11 years? I have to look back at it. I don't know, but there's another thing I want to bring up about that game is what happened on the sideline with Kelsey running oh, into the coach. That was like Bush League in my, for me. We kind of, yeah. started, I never heard what the, whatever happened, but just did not look good at all. He was out. I of just think it's so unprofessional, just unprofessional. Yeah. Kudos to Andrew Reid for being calm as he is and just knowing that the cameras are on him. You know, the cameras are always on the coaches, especially the head coach and a big player like Kelsey, you know, as far as his popularities. That's just embarrassing. I, I just think that was a bad look for Kelsey. And, you know, I, if I was him, I'd publicly apologize. You know, they won the Super Bowl. He just publicly apologized, and, but he probably won't. And maybe hopefully privately he will. That was embarrassing. Yeah, I was embarrassing. And the other thing you got to give credit for is the Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Fagnola. Uh, yeah, he was the same defensive coordinator for the New York Giants when they upset New England with Tom Brady when they were undefeated. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, he's definitely a, a defensive coordinator that gets his team ready and knows how to stop a proficient offense because that offense that year was one of the top scoring offense in the NFL. That year, yes. Randy Moss and Tom Brady, they they were just like blowing people out. So you have to give credit to him and the coaches and Andy Reid. You know, he's, he does a great job with that offense, getting his players in the best position to win the game. In the fourth quarter on the overtime when they were moving the ball and Kelsey is open, come on. he makes Why is he harder. open? Come on. I mean, I don't eat don't, two people. You don't let you beat you is – Patrick Mahomes running the ball and Travis Kelsey catching the ball. You prevent those two things. I mean, that, that's what you do on defense. Stop. 
let Mahomes throw the ball. Don't let him go up the middle running or go around running. Make him force him to throw, put pressure on him, and then keep Travis Kelsey down. In the first half, you saw what pressure does. Patrick Mahomes threw an interception. Yeah. Looked a little bit frustrated. 49ers did a great job rushing their four, putting pressure on him in the first half. And the second half, kind of, you know, Andy Reid made some adjustments, tried to blitz him. And then you don't get to him when you're blitzing. Yeah, what guys open? And of all people open, you have Travis Kelsey open. I don't understand that. No, I agree. I agree. You just can't have, if anybody, it can't be him. It can't, you know, let somebody else beat you. If they beat you, so be it. But don't let Kelsey be the one that's wide open. How does that happen, Steve? That's all I want to know. I, I don't know either. Right. And it's not It's not because, you know, he hit him on the line. I would have forced him, have the guy hit him, break up that timing, you know. Yep. Then let somebody else card him after that. You have one guy that just blocks him on the line, let him go, and you have another guy guarding him. So you don't have to worry I'm, about him. I'm all in favor of, you know, doubling him. One guy is running with him or hit him on the line, but run with him. But then I want somebody on top. Yeah. Just, just, just beat me some other way. Somebody's going to be open, but it won't be Kelsey. Yeah. That's I, the way I would, I yeah. And then I would, I would prevent Holmes from running the ball because that, that hurts or even like Josh Allen or Lamar that kills the defense. So you'd have to have, a, if you have a quarterback that can do that, then yeah, you got to prevent that from happening. And then you take your best, receiver out of it but you know we're, we're not coaches we don't make a lot of money so no we don't no we don't but sometimes maybe it takes an extra pair of eyes to, to just kind of take a look at something when you're not and your job's not on the line like ours are not on the line with this stuff i guess when your job is on the line steve sometimes you you overthink some things and i've seen coaches do that oh well we like you said we got to give the chiefs their credit and it could have been the 49ers but it wasn't the Chiefs are certainly the definition of a dynasty at this point, and we'll see next year as we get ready. So honestly, those of you listening, and of course Steve and I want to admit that last season's over. This is, as we get in the next couple of weeks, it's a new year. The new year starts with free agency. Listen, even the Chiefs, after their parade, they got, they're got they starting over. It's a new season. So, and so who are you picking to win the Super Bowl early? Who's your odds on favorite? I'm going to take um, to win the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to take the Eagles to to come back in the NFC. It's very hard to go back to back unless you're the Chiefs, but it's very hard otherwise for the 49ers. I think to go back to yeah, so many things have to go right for you to make the Super Bowl, Steve. As you know, you have to have a little bit of fortune. I'm not going to pick the Ravens. Nope. I'll take Buffalo just because the Ravens. I think are going to take a step back and just looking at how many pending free agents going into next year there's some free agents that the Ravens won't be able to sign everybody because of the big contract to Lamar Jackson last offseason and that's okay that's part of the the makeup of the NFL these days if you get a franchise quarterback you got to pay him the big bucks and I think the, the Ravens are gonna you know lose a few more games next year than they did this year but they may go further because as, as we've discussed before I think the Ravens are that type of team that that wild card, wild card, wild card, uh, right? We're just wild about the wild card. They're that type of team that us against the world and going into someone's home and destroying them. And that's the type of team they are. They, they don't do too well with this home field advantage. And it, it, that's a different type of pressure, but we'll see. I think the Ravens are, are going to 
maybe go uh maybe it's a 10 and 7 or possibly 11 and 6 and but still maybe maybe even get back to the championship yet so we'll, we'll championship game that is so we'll see it'll be fun to watch i think buffalo is going to be tough they're going to be hungry what about you any early predictions from you steve I'm, I have to go with the Chiefs. I mean, I hate to be square about this. If the Chargers don't step up and the Broncos don't step up to put they pressure on the division, to beat them up yeah. a little bit in the division, they can win their division easily and get a good seed. If they're healthy, I don't know. It's It depends on who they live. You know, Chris Jones is a free agent. Yeah, he's real good. They'll probably maybe sign him back or put a franchise tag on him. But he's number one free agent out there. And then you have Kirk yeah. Cousin, which I'm gonna, which is my big free agent loss. He's a big, big decision that I have to make a decision. The Vikings have to make a decision on Kurt, or they keep him not. Jefferson, we got to pay him the big money. Is he gonna stick around and have a rookie quarterback? If he's gonna stick around, he's gonna want somebody to throw in the ball. That's halfway good, and Kurt's yeah. a good. They have a good connection. It's a whole thing that. You have to figure out. And then the third top free agent is your front linebacker, Justin. How do you pronounce his name? Last name? And Matabuke? Yeah. Matabuke. Uh, yeah, he's a defensive tackle. Yeah, the Ravens are thinking about franchise tagging him for a year or try to franchise tag him so they don't lose him and then try to work on a contract while he's tagged. Yeah, it would be nice if they can keep him. He he's definitely on the up and up, and he had a great season, of course. But it was a it was a uh, financial season that he was playing for. I don't know what I feel about him. I think if they lose him, they lose him. He is a, definitely a big part of that line. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel about him because every dollar counts with the Lamar contract eating up so much of the salary cap. I think the Ravens have a chance to might as well get into it now as far as what I like the Ravens to do before we get closer to free agency and delve into that in another episode later on. Definitely, I'd like the Ravens to shore up their offensive line. I'd like to see them get more physical, whether that's spending a draft choice or two or three on the offensive line. Their center's great. They're trying to re-sign Zeitler, my right guard. There's definitely some improvements. They're not going to get rid of their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, because of the cap hit that would do if they got rid of him. So. You know, they need to start grooming somebody behind him just to help him and to give him some time off and breathers and things like that. But they, they can't cut him. They wouldn't save enough from, from doing that. So keep him. And, yeah, I'd love to get some more players on the line, Steve. Maybe a, another receiver because I don't think they're going to bring back OBJ. If they do, it'll be at a very, very, very discounted price. Well, you got Mike Evans out there. Yeah, there's been some some whispers about that. That you know, if they're not going to sign Matabuke, go after Evans. I think Evans is a great Bolden type receiver in the sense that he catches everything you just throw up. He would fit into the Ravens culture really good, I think. I think you would too. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But those are the areas that I definitely would like to see the Ravens concentrate on, and that's again the offensive line depth and even starting maybe at left guard and uh, possibly right tackle if if Morgan Moses. He's under contract, I think, for one more year. But I like Morgan Moses, but I'd like a little more depth and challenging to start. You, know, you get stronger when you do that. So and I would like to bring back, Steve, I'll call it now. I'd like to bring back a certain running back that has been forgotten in Baltimore. And that's number 27. And I don't mean Ray Rice. I mean Dobbins. I think I think bring him back 
on a incentive laden contract. That would be the ideal thing because, you know, he's bet on himself the last couple of years. And, and unfortunately, the injury bug has really hurt him. Season ending injuries, basically, a couple of times in the last three years. So I say bring him back on a one year or two year at the most contract with, you know, just a few million, but then incentive laden. Like if he gets over a thousand yards, he gets a few million, et cetera. If he gets, you know, over 10 touchdowns, whatever it is. That I would like to see because he, to me, when he's healthy, he's still young enough to, to play well. I don't know what they're going to do with Dalvin Cook. I don't even know why they brought him since they didn't use him in that last yeah, game. Right. Which is, that just, that's just ridiculous. I'm surprised no one asked John Harbaugh that. during. I would have, and then they would have banned me. Because teams do that. If you ask questions they don't like, they don't go to you right away for a while. They do that. It's ridiculous. But anyway. So, yeah, we'll see. What about you, Steve? Let's talk about the Vikings. I talked about my Ravens for a long time. Now, what area, Steve, do you think the Vikings need to improve on? Now, before you answer that, though, you did mention almost talking like you're going to lose Kirk Cousins. You know something I don't or do you not want him back? Go ahead. I don't, but I mean, how, how can you keep somebody like Jefferson, pay him big, and then also pay Kurt big unless Kurt's going to decide to, like Tom did, come down on his salary a little bit? Yeah, and play with him, but he he's coming back from injury. He's yeah. old. At the most, he has two years left, maybe. So we don't know for sure about that. So that's a that's a big question for the Vikings. And then you have your regular thing. I'm losing Hunter on the line on defensive. He's free agent. He's a big yeah. Player. He's good. He's good. And uh, like you said, offensive line. You always need help on offensive line and backups cornerbacks, my safety, what I do with Harrison. We have uh, Winfield from Tampa Bay. That's a free agent. They'll probably try to keep him. I would love to have him go to the Vikings because his dad played for the Vikings. And the Chiefs, the cornerback, is a free agent. I wouldn't mind picking up him. But I need some help on the defense side because I'm going to be losing some people. But the biggest question is what do I do for – my quarterback position because that's big as you saw from this year you know I don't have any decent backup quarterbacks that can really do something so I don't know yeah that's going to be the key you're right we'll wait and see what the Vikings decide on Kirk Cousins to have Kirk Cousins or not I'd like to think that if he's you know willing to not command the top salary I mean he's gotten really handsomely paid by the Vikings in the last few contracts he's done so I think it it sure would be nice for him to do a cap-friendly deal, but, you know, maybe with a nice signing bonus so it doesn't count against the cap. You know, some owners are willing to do that to help out the team. So hopefully he will because the Vikings have paid him very handsomely. He's been a really stable quarterback for you guys, and I think he's he plays really well at times and very consistent for the most part. The Vikings are keeping it kind of quiet right now, not giving up too much out there. There's writers and stuff saying things, but yeah, it's hard to know what they're going to do. Yeah. And Kurt's not, you know, he's just saying the right things. Right. Yeah. I think maybe your, your wide receiver Jefferson might be, you know, waiting to see what Kirk's going to do. And I think Kirk maybe talks to him privately, but you know, hasn't really come out. I'm sure they're tied together. I think Jefferson would want to play, continue playing with him. And Kirk knows that. And that's probably helping. Kirk with his negotiations. We'll see what the Vikings say. Yeah, you're right. Hunter's a great player. I'd love to have him. So, yeah, it's going to be like you say, it's a brand new season for everybody and they all start with 0-0 and 
and new different rosters and everybody starting off a little different. So once the free agent kind of market kind of settles down the draft, we get the draft. How does that go? And then we can see how the teams are, what we did. We definitely get excited as we get closer to the draft and we'll, I know it's still further, you know, far away, I should say, but, you know, we'll definitely do some positional uh, studies and, and have that maybe a weekly different positions and how maybe uh, our teams fit into those positions if we need them or not, or there's going to be some we don't need, but still we'll cover it for those that listen. And, but in the next episode or two, we'll, we'll definitely start talking more and more about free agency because that happens first and we'll definitely narrow down some names on the next one. So that'll be fun. But well, I think uh, we're coming to the end of our time, Steve. Can't believe the season's over. I had a good one when it comes to making picks, as you know. So hopefully I get to continue for my three Pete. No, <laughs> just want to give a shout out to Steve and Leah as always. There's the trophy. Yes. Uh, y'all heard it. I heard it. It's in pieces. It sounds like it's broken because it's my trophy. But no, we want to give shout outs to Steve and Leah as always. And of course, uh, our loyal listeners and so many others, you know, Jeff Morris. And, and I know that you have family that listens too, also, Steve, right? In different yes. places uh, in the world, to be honest with you. So that's, that's pretty cool. And I want to thank all the loyal listeners. And this has been All Things Purple. Season one is over for All Things Purple. And we're going to have bigger and better things as we continue to dive into our favorite teams, Baltimore Ravens and the Minnesota Vikings. And even though it is the offseason, Steve, we will always continue to say, Go Ravens and Go Vikings. Go Vikings. And who knows? Maybe our both teams will be in the Super Bowl. You never know. So that'll be fun. Okay. No, I know. Yeah. Well, you all have a great rest of the week. And thank you for listening in. And we will catch you next time. Thank you and God bless you.